Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our men's discipleship service with Pastor Tyrone Gray. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, just having a good time up there, you know, and I'm just glad to be part of a wonderful fellowship that we're part of, amen. You guys are part of an amazing fellowship. I just want to encourage you guys, amen. So it's a lot of times, you know, we just kind of think about church. We think that's just kind of, you know, I just go to church, but you know, here you're going to be discipled, amen. Come on, you're going to grow. You're going to be challenged. So tonight, you're going to be challenged. I want to encourage you as well, amen. And I really feel that God's uh, put something in my spirit and uh, just can't shake it loose. So we'll just see how it goes. I never spoke this before, so uh, I'll try it out on you, all right? Is that all right? Amen. We'll just see. Either you get, uh, you get saved or you get mad. I don't know. We'll figure it out, amen. So I got some opening statements I want to start off with in a minute here. And just kind of uh, deal with some things and just kind of flow from there. And I really feel that there's going to be a lot of scripture, but I just feel that there's something that is vital that I, I need to address uh, this, this uh, evening with the men. Amen. And um, so first of all, I want to just talk about this is that we are more spiritual than physical. Can you say amen? We are more spiritual than physical. We live in a realm that is manipulated by the invisible. How many know that? Every mood, everything that we go through, it's not what you drank, amen. It has a lot to do with the invisible realm that you and I are in, influenced by. And if our Christian function is, the only, is, is, is only in the physical realm, we will miss it and find ourselves vacant from the activity of the kingdom of God. We understand that scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But sometimes when we operate only by the flesh, we're going to miss what God is doing in heaven. Amen. And we're going to miss what we're supposed to do on earth. Are you guys with me here? So we function today. Spirituality in men today is kind of just the norm. You might say the function, we function on the norm. We ask at times if we've done anything spiritual and really we have, we haven't. When we really think about what have I done spiritual? We really haven't done much. Well, we prayed a little, maybe read a few scriptures, but really not much spiritual activity. Boy, man, it's quiet here. Man, it was loud during worship. Come on now. Are you with me here? See, when it comes to church, well, not much there either. Well, ushering, sound media, no, 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 no bad things here on the media or the sound or, the, or playing an instrument or worship, but we might consider this sometimes our only spiritual stuff. We might just kind of think that, well, I, I have accomplished this, I've done that, I, you know, I pass out membership cards or whatever, prayer cards in the church or whatever. You know what? People can do that at a theater, and that's not very spiritual. Are you with me here? People can play instruments. We can be, you know, musically skilled, but are we spiritual skilled, spiritually skilled? Are you with me here? You know, we might be technologically whatever skilled, and we might call it a gift. No, it's a talent. Hello? Then that means George Lucas and Spielberg have some amazing gifts. Are you guys with me here? So sometimes we get mixed up in all these functions that we do at church, and we think that we're actually doing spiritual things, but it's really something we're not. It's just, they're just talented. Playing the guitar, the drums, or whatever, singing. We might think, well, that, that's my gift. No, it's a talent. Read the Bible. Are you guys with me here? Come on. Now, what you do with those things 
and follow the Spirit of God, then it begins to flow and it could be used by the Spirit of God. We understand that. We understand about David playing the harp and he used that for God and he cleaned the house, amen, and had Saul set free from demonic possession. But I want you to understand some things here is that sometimes we look at all these things that we do and it's actually just physical things we do and we call it and label it spiritual. Now, who are we? Who are we really? We are spiritual creatures. Come on, are you with me here? We are born again believers. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, they can put that scripture up. It says, to them God will to make known the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, amen. How many got Jesus inside, amen? You got the creator of the universe inside of you, but sometimes the only thing we really do spiritually is not much. Come on now, amen. I'm talking, I'm talking to the skinny guy that wants to come out of the fat guy. Come on now, amen. Are you with me here? Woo, Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, amen. You see, stop and think for a moment. What spiritual activity have we done spiritually or personally beyond these walls this week? What have we done? And you don't have to raise your hand. I'm not trying, I'm not taking orders here, but you know, just think about what do you have you done? You've gone to work, you woke up, you know, you're paying the bills, you're doing it. I mean, you're you're just, and then you go home to sleep, and you know, just to, to kick back, you know, just a chill time, throw on the tube or whatever, uh, you know, watch a Facebook or something, and the next day, here we go. Then finally you get to church. And you think that somehow, some way we're doing spiritual things. See, I'm not here to put more demands on you. You get enough from that from family and work. But to encourage you to work more effective. This way, working from the inside out rather from the outside in. Let me explain some things. The body of believers with all the intents was to be a spiritual impact on the earth. Everything about it was spiritual. And Paul even corrects one of the churches, says that you started out in the spirit, but now you have full confidence in the flesh. Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3 says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, verse 3, he says, that you've begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And this is what happens to a lot of us men. Amen. We get used to what to do. We know how to do. We don't go beyond that in the spiritual realm. And so, therefore, we started out in the spirit. We started out trusting God. We started out believing God for great things. And now we find ourselves doing the same old, same old and thinking that we're going to be complete in the flesh. You've already preached that. You already know that. Come on now. And even in our worship, it's the same. We don't press in. We don't, we don't uh, experiment a little. Come on, are you with me here? Oh, man, God, help me. Amen. Now, I want you to see something here. So let's see how the church began. The launch of ministry. How did it all begin? The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it says this, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5 said, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. 
not many days from now, therefore, when the when they had gathered together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Then he says this. Here's the launch of the church. He said, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. Come on. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And what really blows me away today in modern Christianity, that the validation, the validation of ministry is not the Holy Spirit anymore. It's what school you went to. It's what books you're reading. Are you guys with me here? What happened to the validation and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that launches somebody and validates somebody, or we might say vets somebody into ministry? Pick out among you seven men. What? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And with wisdom. This, this is how they found men to work for God. Today it's all about, you know, what did you study? Do you know this? Do you have this? How many little initials do you have after your name? My favorite, and we see this, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, and he says, don't even go out there yet. You stay right here till the promise comes. You stay right here till, till I release you. And he says here, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. My favorite statement of all time is that before Jesus sent the church into the world, he sent the Spirit into the church. There are a lot of church ministries that launch with well-prepared plans, proven and and tested by Christian marketing. What about this? What about this launch? Wait till the Holy Spirit shows up. Wait till the Holy Spirit empowers you. The spiritual activity in the community of spiritual believers. Then it happens. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, it says these words, and suddenly, somebody saying suddenly, Come on, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit moves suddenly? Come on, are you with me here? And suddenly there came from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and then it goes on to verse uh, chapter 2, verse 7. Look at this. And the Bible says they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, not all these, all these who speak Galileans. Now I want you to think about something here. This was the launch of the church church. This is how it started. This is how the church began. Are you with me here? How do churches begin now? I don't, you know, you guys, we're not with it, not even with a movement, not even with the movement of the Holy Spirit. It's all about branding. It's all about this and all about that. You got to have the right colors. You got to have this, you got to have that set up, everything else. I mean, you got to have air conditioning. You got to got the DVDs on the back of your chairs. I mean, everything. You got to have it all comfortable. You got to make it real nice. You cannot, you know, what, how far have we come? When the very launch of the church was the Holy Spirit, the very launch of the church was spirituality. And look at the results. Oh, you might scare people off. The Bible says in Acts uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 7 in our, in our scripture here, I want you to see this. And they were all amazed. Somebody say Amazed. And marvel. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 7. You guys got that? I want you to see something. The word marveled in the original language 
means this. It means to entirely at a loss of oneself. The unbeliever sees what's going on. These people come out praising God, you know, in other languages, and they hear it in their language, and they're just so blown away. They are so beyond their natural reasoning. The Bible says that they marvel, and they begin to doubt their own mindset. This is what marveled means, that the unbeliever was put in a place like, you know what? I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine the power of God flowing through your life in such a supernatural way that the unbeliever, the agnostic, the atheist, even the one that thinks they know it all, says, I know nothing, and begin to doubt themselves. That's what amazed and marveled means. Come on, and that's when we can begin to blow their minds with spiritual activity. People from all over the world saw this. Oh, man, I hope I'm stirring somebody here. So some, some, something breaks out that is, that is really out of the norm. This new church plant. Whoa, they didn't expect that. People coming out like drunks like the night before with an uncontrollable praise, just worshiping God. And, and what's coming out of their mouth is these, 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 this language no one heard, but everybody else in their heart is hearing something different in their own language. And they begin to praise God. The Bible says in verse 12, chapter 2, verse 12, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could ever this mean? Now, once you see, I want you to put that scripture up there. Stay with me, guys. Uh, am I going too fast? All right. Okay, now, so they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Now, in the King James, it says this. I love it the way it says. And they said these things, and they said, what meaneth this? I've been there. I've been there. I've been to a place like that. What meaneth this? All this spiritual stuff, all this tongue stuff, this uh, supernatural manifestation stuff. What meaneth this? And I said that as a believer. <laughs> but I didn't dare to ask. It was just a question I asked myself. What meaneth this? Come on, are you with me here? You ever wonder about that sometimes? I remember years ago at a Praise Chapel conference with Al Fury during the, during the summer tent meeting that we had, and I was assigned to be the photographer at the conference. I was busy making sure that I captured all the important moments of the event. Weird, unusual, strange things begin to happen. He already preached the sermon and the people at the altar coming up and, and, and it was crazy, something I've never seen before in my life. People were stuck to the floor. We're talking hundreds of people that were stuck to the floor. Piles of people laughing over here. Piles of people here. They're crying. People can't get up. They're trying to get up. I mean, it was one crazy scene. One I'll never forget is that the one, one big old usher had uh, Abraham Pedraja and kind of running him around like a, like a rag doll. And the guy's just like, you know, you know, I mean, that's when he had hair. But anyway, you know, he's just kind of like, you know, and, and he's, he's just swinging them. And the people are facing that way, and he's swinging them from behind. He's not touching them, and those people are going out. Boom! 20, 30 at a time, just like as they're waiting to get prayer over there. He just swings them, the anointing of God. And I'm like, what meaneth this? 
I'm here with the camera, you know, and I'm, and I'm really trying to diagnose this stuff. I'm trying to really scripturally put this together and, and everything. It's like, a, it's like a circus. I'm like, what is going on here? It's everywhere. What meaneth this? I brought about 35 people from our church in Everett, and they were all out. They had, and I'm serious, they had to, I mean, some of our ladies, I, I mean, they had mascara all over their face. I mean, they had taxis. I don't know if you remember, Pastor Omar. They had taxis picking up people, some of our people, to get them to the hotel. They had to leave the rent-a-car there at the tent because they were too drunk, spiritually drunk to drive. I'm like, what? I mean, what happened to order? <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They were like spiritually drunk. And yet some people prayed for me, you know. And, and you know, it's just kind of like they, they, they pray for me. I had the camera, you know, and I'm doing my thing. Hey, guy, Tyrone, come on, let's pray for you. Let's pray for him. He let about five or six gather, and they're praying. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I was like a, you ever licked a nine-volt battery that was dead? <laughs> Nothing. That's what I got. That's how I was, you know what I'm saying? And, and you can tell on their faces, they're like, you know, everybody else is getting it, you know, but me. And I'm just kind of like, you know, and they're like, well, bro, thanks for coming. <laughs> at, least, thanks, at least you made it. God bless you. I, man, I was like not in my element. So I was so preoccupied doing my job that I was missing out. I'm, I'm getting irritated with God. Listen to this. And I'm getting irritated with God's people. Where's the order? Who's in charge here? <laughs> Pastor Larry. Oh, man, he was out over there. <laughs> it was just, anybody remember that? Come on, amen. There's a couple of you that remember that. I mean, folks in my church were all in and out of consciousness, seeing them haul the way in taxis. This went for hours after the sermon. Crazy scene. Yes, and again I said, what meaneth this? The next morning we were flying out, all 35 of us on the same plane, back to, uh, back to uh, Seattle, Washington. And oh man, I'll tell you, I, I only got two hours of sleep. I mean, I had to accommodate it and make sure they were all in their hotels. They're all packing. I mean, people were, I mean, it was like taking care of a bunch of drunks. I'm like, come on, get it together. I mean, one guy walking around with one shoe, you know, I don't know where I left my shoe back there. I have my shoes at the altar, I think. I don't know. Ah, they start, Stop laughing. Come on. Come on, gather yourself. These are very intellectual, very strong uh, people that won't be faking it. I mean, these were solid people in my church. Come on now. <laughs> So I'm on the same plane and, and, and the frustration in my heart. People from our church celebrating their experience and everything in me acting like I care. They're sharing their experience. I'm like, yeah, all right. Get away from me. Get thee behind me. So we get on the plane. Hauling luggage in the hot summer. That was a nasty old summer. In the plane, it was stuffy, nasty. I only slept a couple of hours. I'm, I'm pretty much done. 
My wife is sitting next to me, and we both had a tough week accommodating everyone, and, and she seemed, in a sense, to miss out as well. I mean, we're not talking about anything like this. We're just thinking, okay, let's just get back home, get back to business, and what have you. And, and so I remember uh, getting in, in, in all the folks already got in the plane, and, and I'm kind of accommodating. You know, they make those chairs really small, and by that time, I was a pretty big guy. So I'm trying to move around, move one cheek to the left, to the right, whatever, trying to get in there there you know and finally I after I moved that chair a little bit my wife being as tired as I was she gets up out of her chair and some of you know my wife I mean she's probably the most temperate person you've ever met I mean just a humble wonderful woman of God but I don't know what came over she got up and she grabbed my chair went how do you like that and I'm sitting in the chair thinking, oh, they saw that. They heard that. Come on, come on now. I'm at a men's meeting. Can I get a little love? Amen. Come on. You know when your wife disrespects you publicly, can I get a little love here? Come on now. Come on now. Now if I said this at a regular service, you know, the women would be like, what? And and you too would be like, what? (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? She like knocked the crown off my head. There went my crown, my tiara. (laughs) I was no longer king. My roar had no roar. (laughs) She dethroned me. (laughs) And I'm sitting, oh, I'm ticked, man. I'm going, oh, my gosh. How am I going to recover from this? My wife disrespects me, you know, and, and I'm just sitting there, and I don't even want to look at her. You're on, you're on the plane. We're about, to get ta- we're about to take off, and I don't even want to look at her. She said something, whatever. I don't know what she said. I'm just ignoring her. I'm just going to close my eyes, act like I'm tired, whatever, and I could. I mean, I was at my wit's end. I mean, I'm thinking in my mind, God, my wife is out of control. My church is out of control. <laughs> Man, and I remember just getting there, and, and all of a sudden, and I had the pillow. I had a, one of the, the, the little plain pillows, and, and all of a sudden, a surge of just laughter started coming up. And I'm like, uh-oh, just all of a sudden, laughter. Now, now all week, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know what I'm saying? I was just one of those Baptists. I mean, I was just one of those guys, you know, <laughs> that just, you know, didn't know what was going on, didn't know how to explain it. And I'm just, I'm just like, all of a sudden, it's starting to come up, starting to bubble up, and I didn't know what to do. And, and I didn't want my wife to see me laughing because she's going to think I'm laughing at her. And I'm really going to get it. Who are you going to do this time? Jump all over me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking, man, okay, don't let her. So I put the pillow in my, my face, and I'm just, just cracking up. I just can't stop. My, like, my guts are going to come out. I don't know how long. All I can remember, and this is God's show, I can remember as a stewardess coming down and, and bringing some uh, uh, beverages, and I can just get out of my mouth was two coffees, two coffees. I felt like I was a drunk. I don't think I even drank that coffee. But for the whole duration of the trip, I had my face in my pillow just trying to stop from my wife seeing that I was laughing. Here's what the crazy thing was going on. My wife was doing the exact same thing. She was laughing uncontrollably in her pillow because she didn't want me to think that I was, she was laughing at me. After that done, we, we landed, we started to descend. I felt 
so spiritually refreshed. Words cannot even express the vitality, the blessing, the, I mean, I was, I mean, I was in flesh. No song service, no, no nothing that got me to that point. I was in deep flesh as deep flesh can be. I was in anger and everything. And right from that point, God brought me and brought a well of life. I've never felt so refreshed. Totally forgot the pain. Totally forgot the anger. And as we landed, I was so refreshed. I was so blessed. And then I realized, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? Because the greatest thing that we can offer anybody is spiritual vitality. The greatest restoration that you and I can have as a believer in Christ is an experience with the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't always need, a, thank God for the worship team, thank God for the environment that we can create. But I'll tell you, in your lowest points, the best thing that you can have is the Holy Spirit moving in your life. That is the greatest restoration, amen, for a guy that's on his wit's end. You see, our greatest refreshment, empowerment, does not come from the flesh, but from the Spirit. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4.16, for which cause we faint not, though our outward man perishes. Come on, how many know that? But our inward man is renewed day by day. Spiritual recovery and vitality cannot be fully accomplished, listen to this, by vacations or getaways. If you have a family, you know what I'm talking about. You need a vacation from a vacation, amen? You know what I'm talking about. And I was a busy pastor, busy on the outside, but dying on the inside inside until the spirit of God showed me what my true weakness was is my trust in the norm in what I know how to do today in our modern Christianity the main point of this the today in our modern Christianity is becoming more intellectually stimulated listen to me than spiritually active it is easier to talk about the history of scripture than is than is to talk about the historical personal stories of miracles and spiritual activity in your life. Hey, bro, what's God doing in your life? That was a short conversation. Hey, bro, what's the last miracle happening? Hey. Huh. See, there are a lot of Christian men I know that are either indifferent or ignorant to the activity of the Holy Spirit concerning tongues concerning tongues whoa man i can feel it i'm speaking what god wants me to speak some of us are born again from an era of experiences like these you might have you might have heard this kind of stuff this tongue stuff in your churches or conferences but it goes just about that far no one really wants to talk about it one side accepts it it's okay <laughs> and the other side doesn't know, doesn't know how to explain it. So we settle. Allow this to die quietly in our gatherings. Churches, more and more that I go to, a lot of young men don't even know this tongue stuff. Ah, oh, that's what grandma does. That's what the leaders do. Ah, oh, that, you know, that. I don't go there. Some of you are getting real nervous right now. Now, for those that are active in this practice of tongues, shall we rip off the future body of Christ by denying them explanation or experience? 
The worst thing is denying them the best resource of spiritual vitality and restoration. Let me tell you, it is the greatest thing. Man, and I'm going to explain it in a second here because you know what, men, we need to get spiritual. Look at somebody and say, we need to get spiritual. Come on, we need to get spiritual. Come on, amen. Now, let me, let me talk about the worst. The, let me talk about some myths. Let me talk about some myths. Okay, I got, oh, no timer. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, here are some myths I would like to debunk. Number one, myth number one. That tongues is a gift for only certain people. Acts chapter 239, the scripture says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to those who will give me a large offering. And to all who are all afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many are called? Well, about five of you. Come on, how many are called? All right, then if this promise is for you. Come on now, are you with me here? This is the launch of the church. The launch of the church was with this. And now you don't want it? You think you're perfected in the flesh? You think you don't need it now? You think what God offered in the beginning that was vital to the life-sustaining power of the church, you don't need it? I know about you, why walk when you can fly, baby? Some of you drove here, maybe you can fly out of here. Come on, are you with me here? Oh, Jesus, help us. Come on. Another myth is this, is that only a denominational persuasion. Oh, it's a charismatic thing. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you got your Pentecostals, and then you got this, and you got that. No, 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 no. I've been all over the world, and I've met believers from every denomination. I mean, I, I prayed with little Lutheran ladies that pray in tongues. I mean, just, I mean, every, and we've been places where there is no denomination, where there's no such thing as denomination, and there's the believers, new believers praying in tongues, and I'm going, damn, what's going on? This is awesome. Who showed them that? Holy Ghost. Come on now. Amen. It's not about what college they went out of, came out of. It's a Holy Spirit. Not what denomination they, they studied at. No, they had an experience with the Holy Spirit. So let me just say this. Tongues is not a doctrinal issue. It is an experience. Do you want it or not? Oh, Jesus, help us. Amen. Now, another thing is that here's, here's something that uh, not only it's not a denominational persuasion, another myth is that it can be translated. No, it cannot be translated. It's not a language with syllables or anything like that. I know some people have done some crazy stuff with that in mature things and have really turned some people off thinking that they can, they can you know, they can talk it through like a language. No. Me, you're praying for somebody's car broke down. Oh, shoot about a Honda. <laughs> Did he just say shoot about a Honda? <laughs> oh, shoot about a Subaru. I mean, we could go on. It's not a language that you can do. It's no, 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 not at all. Anybody ever know, anybody know Billy Hall? Anybody ever hear him praying tongues? Other, you guys are all in denial. Anybody ever hear him praying tongues? <laughs> you know, anybody praying tongues like him? No, because that means God gives you your own tongue. He gives you your own tongue. Not mine. And I've seen it before. People, before the Holy Spirit can pray for you, now say these words, yabba dabba do, untie my bow tie. No, 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 it's, it's not about that at all. 
It's the Holy Spirit giving you your own language. Come on, are you with me here? See, that's flesh because we rely on the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And I'm going to go on. In, I just want to break these myths. Another one, that it died out with the apostles. Church writings in the three, three, the year 300s speaks of this activity among Christian groups. Even some that were burned at the stake years later, a thousand years later in the 1400s that were accused of demonic talk. These were Christians that were burned at the stake by religious institutions because they said it was demonic talk. This stuff happened regularly in the book of Acts. It was a common question among believers due to the importance of its effectiveness. When somebody met another Christian in the book of Acts, you know what the question was? It wasn't like us. Hey, so what church you go to? Who's your pastor? No, you know what the question was? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That was the question. And that should be the question today. For any believer, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Come on. Are you with me here? See, this stuff happened regularly. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Look at this scripture. Acts 19, 1 and 2 says, And it happened while Apollos, who was an amazing orator, was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Look at this. And the scripture says, And finding some what? Disciples. He said to them, Do you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to them, we have not heard such a, whether there is a Holy Spirit. That's how churches are today. Hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Uh, uh, you mean like laser lights and fog machines? Yeah, our church has that. <laughs> Loud music? Yeah, our church has that. Yeah, our, yeah. Hello? Oh, I felt good to say that. <laughs> the excitement and all that and all the outward manifestations, but that no inward manifestation. And so what happens, they don't even know this Holy Spirit. They're just like, oh, it just feels good in here. And it does. It's the Holy Spirit moving in believers. It do, listen to me. It does not come from here. It comes from there. Because, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. And when you're pumped up and you set the atmosphere, I love you, worship team. God bless you. But it doesn't come from here. Now, saying that, it's your responsibility. Quit coming to church and saying, you got to give it to, you got you to build me up. No, you got to come already prayed up. Because you're coming to give something. Amen. And that's what you set the atmosphere. And so when somebody comes in, they're going, man, this feels great. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit flowing out of your life. Come on, sit next to some unbelievers next time. Woo. Look at this. Apollos was discovered preaching. See, a lot of times we don't talk about this Holy Spirit stuff, especially tongues, because it's, no worries, bro. It's just too hard to explain. <laughs> When Apollos was discovered preaching, they took time to teach him. Acts chapter 18, verse 26, so they began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Then we find out later on, there's people getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and so forth. So now, now many of us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit and practice this generous resource of tongues 
need to learn how to explain it and encourage others to receive and practice. Do you get me? If you pray in tongues and you operate in that, that generous gift that God has given everyone and you know some brothers that don't, it's your responsibility to sit down with them and show them the scriptures and pray with them and bring them to that place where they're hungry and they begin to seek it. For me, it didn't happen overnight. It was like six months, man. I was so analytical. I had to figure it out. I had to make, I, if I didn't understand it, I didn't receive it. And over and over, I'd come up to the altar. Anybody ever feel the Holy Ghost? I'd come up. I know I was filled with the Holy Ghost, but I wasn't praying in tongues. I, it was my pride. It was like losing control. I didn't want to lose control. Whatever inhibitions that I had in my mind, stopping that until God got a hold of me in the weirdest place. Yeah, in the bathroom, <laughs> on the toilet, I received tongues. No one laying hands on me. Come on now, they dare not. You okay in there? <laughs> That's what happens when you allow some things just to block. Are you guys are you guys hearing this with me? Amen. So the Bible says, so as we look at this, I, I want to just talk about this real quickly. Four different types of tongues so that we can distinct correctly. Four different types. I'm going to go through this just real quickly in the next 10 minutes. And just, I want you to just kind of look at this. It's very important. Number one, tongues as a miracle. It's an act of God. Another type of tongue is prophesying to the church and to the unbeliever. An act of obedience using uh, a spiritual gift. Number three, tongues as a personal prayer life. A general privilege for every believer as well as worship in tongues as a, as a personal worship life. Again, a general privilege for every believer. Number one, tongues for the unbeliever. We read in Acts chapter 2, verse 6. I want you to turn there. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. This is the first time that we see tongues in the New Testament, or we see of tongues in the book of Acts. And it talks about this. It says, and when the sound uh, occurred, the multitude came, and together they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed, marveled, saying, look, uh, look, not all these Galileans. So basically what happened is the Holy Spirit came down on this 120. They came out praising God, worshiping God in tongues, and they're all Galileans, but everybody, because it was, a, it was during the Pentecost, and that's when all the nations were there, all these people from different nations uh, heard their own language. It's like, you know, people from Africa, you might say, or people from, from China, or whatever you might say, and they're hearing these Galileans, and they're going, he's talking about the marvelous things of God in my language. No, he's talking about the marvelous things of God in my language, and, and it's just going on, and they're just blown away. Now, this is not something that you can do this is something that God does is that something that you can stir up is that something that that oh I have a gift to do that just God intervenes in reaching on believers so when you think tongues are just for the church it was for unbelievers it was a show them a supernatural sign how would you think coming to a place and you see Galileans I mean I still trip out when I go to Mexico and see these Chinese people talk Spanish <laughs> I'm like get on the you're taking over. <laughs> but look at this. In this miracle, there was a factory worker. Let me just, and I remember back in Sun Valley Church, it was a, an American lady, you know, gringa. 
working at a factory with a bunch of Hispanics on a, and nobody can speak English. So she, she worked with a bunch of these, these ladies that, you know, just across the table, you know, putting some wires together. So she couldn't communicate. They didn't know what she was saying. So it was kind of like one of those things that just never happened. So after a couple months being there, she's, she just felt comfortable just to sing. And she just started singing in tongues to herself, you know, what have you. And, and as she was doing that, the lady across from her, young girl across from her, just got like teary eyed and got real mad, gave her like this scowl, got up and walked out. And she didn't come back for the next day. The next day she wasn't there. And then the supervisor calls this lady, this gringa, to the office and, and says to her, hey, you know, I just want you to know you're a good worker. We appreciate you, but you need to stop preaching. Huh? She goes, you need to keep your religion to yourself. She's like... I don't know Spanish. Well, the lady from across you was very disturbed by the things that you said about her life. And it comes to the conclusion, all she was doing was praising God in, 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 in tongues and just praising God. In, in her, and God turned that into the heart of that girl who didn't even know a word of English. Into her spirit, convicted her to a place where she couldn't even sit there no longer. Not even come back to work. God does that at times. That's the miracle we see in the book of Acts. Not to be confused with the other type of tongue, which I'm going to talk about real quick. Now, number two, we look at this tongues for the unbeliever in the service. What? I thought in service you're trying to keep it out. Shh. Oh, brother, speak in tongues. Take them to the back room. <laughs> There's a room for that. <laughs> what? Tongues for the unbeliever in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22 says this, Therefore tongues are a sign, not for those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is for unbeliever, uh, not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Now I want you to think there's two different, there's two different types of tongues he's talking about here. Verse 23, uh, therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are uninformed or unbelievers, they will not say that you are all out of your mind. This is called what we understand the, uh, the Corinthian catastrophe. Now let me explain that. First of all, it talks about here is that when they when you prophesy, there's a let me just kind of bring this out. This is a gift. Somebody will have a gift, and when we're worshiping or whatever it might be, somebody will get up and begin to prophesy in tongues, and then somebody has this gift to interpret that what was said. That is for the unbeliever, and it's also for the edification of the church. That happens. That's a gift. That happens. You, you can't make it happen. The Holy Spirit says, I got a message, and I'm going to speak this through, and, and, and the message goes forth. Are you guys with me here? Are you following with me? So what happens is that Paul is saying, hey, you guys, he's correcting them in verse 23. What they were doing, we call it the Corinthian catastrophe because they were talking to each other in tongues. They were preaching in tongues. They were, they were doing all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, in tongues that nobody can communicate. He says, man, when somebody walks in, everybody's talking to each other in tongues. They think you're local. And some people have experienced that in, in, in churches that have misused this in an immature way, thinking that they were spiritual. And you know what I'm talking about. But the Bible says, verse 24, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he's convinced by all, he is convicted by all. Verse, that's verse 24. And 25, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. 
See, this, this, this does not turn off people, but it turns them on. Amen. This is Paul's explanation of the main purpose of tongues. They are a sign to unbelievers that through their miraculous exercise, sinners might see the manifestation of the supernatural. Even Paul said in Isaiah 28, verse 11, he says, with stammering lips, he says in the Old Testament, and Paul refers this in Corinthians, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. My first experience with this was in Paramount. In Paramount Elementary, about 30-something, 30 33 years ago, I go to a conference, Bible conference, to Paramount Elementary, Praise Chapel Bible Conference. I don't know how many people were there. It was packed. And we're worshiping God. And I don't know nobody. It's my first time there. I came all the way from Sun Valley, California. They brought me over to this conference. I had no idea. I wasn't saved. Never been in a Christian church. So I'm standing there. Next thing you know, you got, you got this, this big old guy gets up. Joe Menchaca. <laughs> and he gets up, and he starts speaking this language. And I'm going... That ain't Spanish, dude. You know, he look, he look Iranian, Spanish. I'm trying to figure it out, Middle Eastern. What is this guy? He's just speaking it out. He's just going at it. And I'm going, okay, I'm tripping. Then some lady in another corner, thus saith the Lord. And man, my hair just went fring. Everything she said is what I was going through. And I was an unbeliever. Now, you got to understand, I was high on coke. I walked into that conference thinking that I'm just going to do a couple hours here and I'm out of here. Man, after that happened, I sat down with awe and respect. I sat there. I had no idea what the preacher from Oklahoma was saying, Mike Neville. But you know what? I was just like, oh, God is here. God is really here. <laughs> and it changed my life. And I am the fruit of that. Come on. I am the fruit of that. In Paramount. California, of all places. The third one, real quickly here, praying in tongues. Not to be confused with prophesying in tongues, not to be confused with God using tongues in a way to, to, uh, to make it known to what's coming out of your heart to other people. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says this, pursue love. Somebody say, pursue love. Desire gifts. Come on, say it. Desire gifts, spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Okay, hold on to that word. For he who speaks, verse 2, for he who speaks in a, in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Now, let me just stop right there. The Bible says here, when, when we speak to God, what is that? All right, so we got it. When we speak to God, what is that? Prayer. Okay, let's reread it. Because in the context of what he's saying here, this is where a lot of people get mixed up. It says this very clearly. It says, it says but especially that you may prophesy, for he who prays in an unknown tongue uh, or in a tongue does not pray to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries or he prays mysteries. So this is your prayer language. No, you don't even know what you're saying. I'll get into that in a second. But the term here is prayer. And so people think that, oh, if you pray, if you say, if you say something in tongues, then that means that, that it has to be translated or it has to be interpreted. Now, it's the outflow of what's going on inside. And this is where we get to this, what meaneth this. Let me kind of give it to you in a different way. You have a spirit man. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. There is so much power. 
There is so much uh, it, there is so much power inside of you. And man, when, the, when you stop praying with this mind that you can only understand so many things. I mean, we go to school and we still can't figure out man. You know, especially woman. You know what I'm saying? No matter what. I mean, our, our, we're so limited in our capacity. But our spirit man, oh my gosh, when that begins to unleash, it's kind of like a, it's like a, 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 key, a, a, a tea kettle that is finally at its boiling point and it begins to flap and, and all of a sudden that steam begins to go out and so you know that 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 water's ready amen because of the noise you know and until you turn that thing down everything goes down but here's what i'm trying to say is that same way when tongues go forth it's like the power of god and the spirit of god flows and the tongue is only that reaction of all that power that is flowing out of your life are you with me here so this is that prayer language that begins to happen now if somebody now the the scripture says here so they will say you know it's uh uh, if someone was to ask me, do you speak in tongues? This is my answer. No. I don't know how to speak in tongues. But I pray and sing in tongues. I don't interpret tongues and I never prophesied in tongues. But I can pray in tongues and I can, and I can sing in tongues. But I don't know how to speak in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Look at this scripture. Therefore let him who? Speaks. There's that word. Are you there with me? Speaks means prophesy. Let him who declares. It's in the Greek. Who declareth. Who, who prophesies in the tongue. Pray that he may interpret. So there's a different type of tongue there. There's that personal prayer life. And then there's that time where you begin to pray. and pro, I mean, you begin to prophesy and declare in tongues. And you know it. That's what I'm saying about the worship team. Sometimes you got to be spirit skilled, not just musically skilled. Sometimes the spirit of God is moving. And God is moving on somebody to begin to do this, to declare in tongues. But you're so busy going at it, you know. And we got to do, hey, we got verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, chorus, verse. You know, and you're not hearing the Holy Spirit. And there's a flow and somebody's about to speak forth and you hear it and you go oh my gosh I'm uncomfortable with that I I, I, I don't know if we should allow that louder guys come on drum solo <laughs> we don't want that to happen here <laughs> see so verse 13 says he who speaks in a tongue prays that he may interpret Verse 14, he says, but if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding, my mind is unfruitful. I remember the old excuse that we, or the old thing we saw was saying when Simon says, you know what, I'm, I'm praying in tongues, but the devil keeps on, I feel this voice saying, you know, you're just blabbing, you're just blabbing, and the devil's telling, you're just blabbing, you just blab them. And we should always say, you know what, okay, then tell the devil you're just blabbing. Why are you so concerned? Because if your mind is unfruitful, that means we understand the devil can't read your mind. And if you don't even know what you're saying, he don't even know what you're saying. So as you're praying, your spirit's praying a direct connection to God. And this beautiful thing that's beginning to happen, this regeneration, the restoration, and this, this prayer. I'm praying for people, and I don't even know that I'm praying for people, but accurately. My mind, I can say, well, you know, he has a, just a wife that's rebellious, you know. Or maybe my spirit, I'm, I'm praying, this dude needs to get right. Are you with me here? Okay, I'm almost done. Almost done. It's getting hot up here. Verse 14 says, uh, verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So there's, it's not saying that you don't pray with the understanding. I pray with the understanding 
95%, I cut it in tongues, baby. I ain't going to waste no time. I want to pray in tongues. I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know how to pray for I don't know how to pray for people, you know, in my personal life. Now, I'm going to talk about some other things real quick here because I really feel it's important. Otherwise, the Bible says this in verse 16. Let's go on with that scripture, guys. Verse 16, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place be uninformed, amen, uh, uh, amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. This is so important because a lot of times people trip out. Here the Corinthians were doing this. They were praying over their food in tongues. And he's saying, look, man, no, no, it's not about that. You, you're abusing this. You're, you're, you're kind of going off the edge here. So you're, you're praying in tongues over your food. Hey, bro, bless the food. And then you just break out in tongues. You're like, did he bless it or curse it? <laughs> and the same thing, if somebody says, can you pray for me? And I'm going to pray for him. I'm not going to pray in tongues. I'm going to maybe just silently to the side, not to confuse them. They're not going to pray with the understanding as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance. If somebody else is praying for them as well, I'll come aside. I'll pray in tongues quietly, you know, just so I feel God's direction, and then I'll pray with the understanding. Wouldn't you want me to, wouldn't you want to know what people are praying over you? Are you with me here? So in the same thing, I don't get over the, 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 the mic and start preaching in tongues or praying in tongues. If I'm going to give order, I want everybody to know what the sound of the bugle is. Or otherwise, there'll be confusion. And many have done that, and, the, and people are going, what? And it's just their personal prayer life. Hello? Keep it to yourself. Now, when you're in a prayer meeting, go for it. Because I'm not praying to you. If, if I'm in the congregation, and I'm worshiping, and I'm worshiping in tongues, and you're going like, I need an interpretation. We need to, hey, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not prophesying. I'm worshiping in tongues. Well, I don't know what you're saying. That's okay, because I'm worshiping him, not you. First Corinthians 14, 4. He who prays or speaks, or he who speaks, the words pray in the tongue, edifies himself. Let me get back to this last, as I close with this. Oh, God. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks or prays in a tongue, edifies. Someone say edify. Himself. But he who prophesies in tongues, edifies the church. I want to talk about this part, edify. Because this is where it all comes. You get anything out of this, is that the reason I'm talking about tongues is because you need to be edified. You need to be built up. And there's nothing I can do for you. There's nothing I can do for you. There's not a song. There's not a sermon that can help you. In your desperate time of need, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be you and the Holy Spirit. It's going to have to be you to know how to tap in in the hardest times of your life. Just like David, when they all picked up stones and stoned him and they were going to kill him, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. And that's what true warriors do. They know how to get theirs. Amen. Are you with me here? And sometimes, you know, we got to do that. And that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to encourage you about. It's working from the inside out rather from the outside in. 
And this is so important in our lives that when we pray in this tongue, we edify ourselves. And the Bible talks about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Spirit prays through you. How many know that? Amen. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray or how we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot, which cannot be uttered. And statistics have shown that people that pray in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues in this manner are less likely to have stress and nervous breakdowns because there is an outlet. How is it? I, I, I don't know how you do it, that there's a burden on your heart and you need to pray it through, but you don't know how to pray. You don't have the words or the thought process to what's going on in here and you have no way to let it out. I don't know what you do. But I know what I do. I kick it off in tongues, amen, till that begins to release. I don't care if it's a half hour, hour, two hours. I'm just going at it. I don't care if I understand it or not understand it or get revealed, but it finally lifts out of my, my life because I broke forth in the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit knows our weaknesses. He knows what we should pray for as we ought. I don't know. He knows. Verse, the last one here. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me here? I want you to stand to your feet with me. This whole thing that I spoke about is being spiritual strengthening yourself spiritually because you know what there are a lot of people right now a lot of men that don't know this stuff and I really felt that I need to explain it four different types but what I want to focus on is your personal prayer life in the Holy Spirit I'm not special those that pray in tongues in this church are not special they're not better than you but we've just tapped into something Something that's going to help us. Something that is going to strengthen us. And something that you are allowed to have as well. That you can pray with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and flow in this an amazing revelation. I want that for you. Because how it helped me so much. Yes, this intellect. Intellectual analyzing everything. To a point where I say, God, you're everything you're anything you want to be and I'm not going to hinder if I don't understand it I'm just going to flow with you God amen so I want you to close your eyes for a moment there are some here in this church and I'm speaking to those that have prayed in tongues you practice tongues and, and that's part of your life part of your prayer life I want you to raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's so awesome. Then there's some of you that used to pray, in, close your eyes, used to pray in tongues. Man, you just, for some reason or another, you stopped doing it. But you know how it was. You know how it was. I'm talking to you to come back to this. Start praying in the Holy Spirit again. Building up 
your most holy faith, edifying yourself like nothing else can edify you. And that's you, I want you to raise your hand. God bless you, God bless you. Here's the next one. We're not gonna do anything crazy. I'm just gonna be honest, man. I'll tell you, I could not shake this loose. I have so many other sermons. But man, I had to write this one last night and I just said, man, God, and just, I, I was literally weeping. Weeping as I was putting this together because how many of my brothers are walking without the power that they can actually have. When we go to heaven, I know there's going to be a lot of regrets and the regrets will be, God's going to say, I gave you this. Why'd you have to struggle? You had this at your disposal. But for some reason or another, you did not accept it. But tonight's the night. At least to start the process. I'm not saying that we're going to lay hands on you. You're going to walk out of here praying in tongues. No, I'm just saying let's start the process. Let's start. It took me a six-month process. Hopefully for you, it won't take that long. But it took for me to break. But at least I had to make the first step and admit, God, I need the Holy Spirit prayer life in me. I want that. I want to go for it. I want, to, I want everything you got on that table. If you invite me to the table, I want everything. I want everything. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.